Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. We're going to be talking about workplace drama. We're going to be spilling the tea on some of the stuff that we've gone through, give some advice to you guys on what to avoid, and go through some scenarios. But before we begin, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. Okay, so I have a few updates this week. Um, so this morning, I woke up and the blessed Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, has um, leaked to the media, I guess, that Ontario will now be going to stage three on July 16th. Stage three is when gyms can finally open, indoor dining's open, clubs are open, but there's social distance requirements, which is a little bit weird. And it's a little weird that gyms and clubs are open in the same stage. But you know, whatever. If people want to go to clubs and they want to socially distance, who am I to tell them no? Finally, we are going in line with the rest of North America. We were the most shut down place in North America, even though our vaccination rates are like one of the highest. Um, yeah, so my depression is slowly melting away because the fact that gyms are opening is splendid. Anyways, that's my update number one. Update number two is that I've been shopping a lot and I never thought I'd say this and Maggie knows this already because I've already recommended it to her, but don't sleep on Abercrombie and Fitch. Like I, and like Maggie as well, loved Abercrombie back in the day where like you wore the logos and everything. That's all you shop for in like grade seven and grade eight, like very middle school. We talked about this in the fashion episode, but now even though the CEO said some pretty nasty things about like plus size people and trying to accommodate people who are plus size now has like the widest variety of like sizes and like lengths that are like that I've seen on like most like traditional clothing websites. So like you got them petite, you got the regular, you got the tall, then you got like sizes from like 24 to like 38 in like the waist. You got sizes from like extra small or like extra, extra small to like extra, extra large, which is like amazing, like super inclusive sizing. And some of the stuff are actually like pretty nice. And I know this is like blowing up on TikTok as well, like their jeans and everything. So I'm just going to put this out right now. I'm trying to get ahead of the trend. So... To the people who listen to the podcast, and if you buy anything, their sh their return kind of sucks um, because they charge you like seven dollars, I think, if you ship it back to them using like Canada Post, which is like kind of shitty. But I mean, there are stores in Ontario that you can go to, and I don't know if this applies to like the United States as well. But get ahead of the curve, and I'm gonna use this clip for if they do pop off and things start selling out even faster. So. I'm including it here today. Nice. Um, they replaced after the CEO of Abercrombie, like the asshole who said all that stuff. No, nice. so I guess like, yeah. And um, I feel like that always happens though. Like, wait, let me see if this actually fits into the glass ceiling thing. Who's the CEO of Abercrombie now? Do you, do you think it's gonna be a woman? I hope so. That's what I was thinking when you said that the it's CEO- It's a woman. See, this fits into our last- episode or like a while ago where it was like every time a company or organization goes through like a bad thing they put in a woman but 
honestly yeah like this time like last time we were talking about how like they put in a woman to like put them up for failure but in this case i actually think like i don't know who the ceo is i don't know what her background is but i think she did she's doing like a very good job like Mm -hmm. she literally took this brand that was basically left for dead and revived it and now is like iconic you know i'm all about second chances and like while I will forget forgive what happened, I will never forget about what happened. So if something like this happens again, I will not be the one who recommends this brand ever again. Not to like bully people, but like, have you seen what the CEO of Abercrombie looks like? Like yeah. the guy before? Really not one to be talking about how only attractive people should be wearing his clothes. Like, get out of the sun. Yeah, There's sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of he's like he's pretty saggy. Uh, yeah. Picture here, maybe. Fully, <laughs> <laughs> but uh... <laughs> we'll let you make your own assumptions and opinions about him. But just know that he ha- he holds very unfortunate opinions, and do with that what you will. Yeah. Also, they do really inclusive, like, models who model their clothes as well, Mm -hmm. which is, like, amazing because I can finally see because, like, I am not uh, a size zero. So it's nice to be able to see how, like, different sizes would fit on someone else. And then I'd be like, oh, well, like, I'm going to buy this size because, like, I think I look very similar to this model. And I think that's very nice as well. Because sometimes, like, there's, like, this thing where, like, this trend i guess it's like what i'll wear when i'm skinny on pinterest like they'll have like a pinterest board and a lot of like people who are like not skinny are like wearing these things now and then it's like why is this stopping you kind of thing anyways long story short it's just that sometimes when things look really good on skinny people they don't look the best on people who are like not stick thin so like it's nice to see the diversity mm-hmm I agree. It's it's kind of like refreshing, I think, to like be able to put on like their sizes and be like, whoa, this actually fits. Because like in the past, like I used to have like so many problems because like so many clothing stores, like you don't know exactly what size you are. It's gonna be like too too small. Actually, my problem is that it's always too small on me. And I'm like, what the hell? This is my size usually. Um, so it's inconsistent, but like, yeah, go Abercrombie, you're inclusive that's actually really funny like i remember i tried buying shorts from them i think in grade like 11 or maybe yeah i think it was like grade 10 or grade 11 and i like everywhere else i was like a size 10 and then so i went to go try on their size 10 shorts they were so tiny like they were so small everywhere and i was like um like do you have like a size up for this and they're like actually no we only go up to a size 10 and like the attitude that like the salesperson like talked to like it was just so condescending and it was like it just left me like super embarrassed i guess because it's like oh okay like i guess i just don't fit into your clothes now and you're kind of like condescending in a way that i never want to fit into your clothes or buy your clothes ever again so then i left quickly and i was like i'm never shopping here again that's so rude oh my god but it's like if they were rude to you like think about like how many other poor girls they've been like brutal to too you know what sucks too like aritzia like when you go in the change room and they have that communal like mirror Mm -hmm. fucking sucks because they're super inconsistent with their sizing and i need to go outside to look at myself 
and the sales associate will only tell the skinny girls that they look nice or I know they'll be lying to me and be like oh my god you look so nice and I'm like shut up I look stupid and it's the skirt is like two sizes too small that's super funny because I remember there's like a girl that I can specifically picture my brain she is a sales associate at our local like Aritzia and no matter who comes out and no matter how bad they look, she'll be like, oh my God, that looks so good on you. And then she'll go to the next person and be like, oh my God, that looks so good on you. And it's like the exact same tone every single time. It's the exact same wording. She does not change it up whatsoever. And I'm like, is this helpful? I mean, it's better than them like just standing there staring at you because it's like, oh, you see it too, right? You, you also know that it looks bad on me, but you don't want to say anything. Like, just put mirrors in change rooms. Yeah, like, you guys make so much money. Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's sometimes it's just, like, you just don't, like, you want to know how it looks, but you don't want to, like, go outside and see if it looks good kind of thing. Because it's, like, I think that's nerve-wracking. Like, there's some cases where it's just, like, it's anxiety-ridden to, like, having to go outside of the change room and something that you're not too sure about, especially when you know that there's other people going to be there as well outside of sales associates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is your update this week? Um, My update is a sad one. Aww. Actually, it's not sad. But anyways, I've started reading this book called The Defining Decade, like why your 20s matter. And it's just basically, it's like from, um, it's a therapist basically talking about it and how mostly her patients are like 20 year olds. And they're like, oh, they're like a whole approach to their 20s is like 30s is the new 20s. I'm gonna live my life now. This is the best life. Like, fuck having kids. I'm just going to have fun. Like, this is for me. And then um, eventually, like, they get to their, like, mid-20s. And then they meet up with their friends. And all their friends start to feel like they're progressing. Like, they get promotions at work. They're getting engaged. They start having kids. They find relationships and stuff. And then, the like, the therapist patients usually start to have, like, a quarter-life crisis. Um, so it's, like, a pretty interesting read. And I think feel like it's very relevant and it's like I've had this conversation like twice this week. So I met up with like an old high school friend for dinner and she was like, yeah, like I just recently turned 25 and I just like, I was just like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Also, she is a doctor too. Like she was thinking about this during her shift. She was like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I working at like 3 a.m.? This is like my best years. Like I should be doing something. And I was like, holy shit. Like you just wasted like, so much time, not wasted, but like you just went through so much school and you're thinking about this now. And I was like, oh, like, if it helps, like, I feel like you're going to think about this no matter what career or whatever you're doing. So it's just something that happens when you turn 25. And then I went to see my dermatologist. And then he was like, oh, Maggie, like, turn 25. Like, happy, super belated, I guess, because I haven't seen him in a while. And he was like, you know, when I turned 25, I had a quarter life crisis. I did some stupid stuff that night. And I was like, oh, my God, life is slipping. I'm like life is slipping like I don't know what I'm doing anymore I'm in med school like oh my god I'm freaking out and I was like oh did this like happen when you turn 30 40 50 whatever it was and he like went through the years and he's like no only 25 that was just like the big year I had I was like really pondering about my age so I thought that was pretty interesting and very topical I guess like a weird coincidence that everyone kept talking about 25 can't wait till you turn 25 Wanda <laughs> yeah I'm like my birthday is in a month uh that sounds absolutely terrible uh is it like is there any correlations with like doctors and like quarter life crisis <laughs> but like I'm not a doctor and I also had a quarter life crisis when I turned 25 
Yikes. Um, I don't know. I'm waiting to turn 25 because I think 25 is going to be a lot better than 24. This has basically been one of the worst years of my life. So, um, it's fair. 24 was the worst year of my life. So 25 would be good. Yeah. But I did have a quarter life crisis still. Uh, yikes. I had one when I was like 19. Um, so maybe maybe like I can push it off for a few more years like I'm trying to think like what I could possibly have like a quarter life crisis like about like I don't know if you're willing to share but like what was yours about um I'm actually trying to remember oh so I think at that point I was kind of in between jobs and I was excited but I was also oh and this was COVID times so I only saw like one person and I was like, oh my God, is this like actually what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, what if like, this isn't for me? Um, what do I know if I want to do with my career? And I switched from private sector to public sector. And I was like, is this the right choice for me? And then I was thinking about like my whole grand scheme of things. And I was like, when I was younger, I saw myself like on the track of becoming C-suite or like director or something. I thought I'd be in a relationship by now. I thought I'd be way skinnier by now. I thought I'd be like so much happier. Like none of these things. And I was like, oh man, this is getting real sad. All I do is stay home and work for my mother. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that every day. Like, especially because it's like, I did not think that after my MBA, I would ever be unemployed. I did not think that there was ever going to be a part of my life where it wasn't like completely on the path of what I planned for myself. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been that super, like, I have a five-year plan. I have a 10-year plan. But then what I wanted to do maybe, like, a year ago is not something that I might want to do in the future. And it's, like, mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that. It's just, like, is that the path that I want to continue to go down? Is that the path that's going to lead me to where I want to go? And it's, like, yeah, very. Right. Mm. <laughs> but I think that's kind of nice, though, that I think it's nice to have kind of an idea. And I think that's where the, I'm not done the book yet, but it's kind of, like, the book is talking about planting seeds. So while mm -hmm. it's, you don't have to have like a permanently stick to my plan thing, you need to be working on yourself and investing right now. So NBA, like great investment still. Like, yes, it sucks your current situation, but your future situation is going to be great. Um, and I think another thing too is like your 20s is about realize, is about like realigning your reality to expectation. And I think that's why everyone keeps having those quarterly crisis. That it's like, ah, shit. Like I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing. And maybe it's just happening a lot quicker because like our economy's fucked up and more fucked up than it was for boomers and stuff who had midlife crisis. Yeah, people's middle, the boomers midlife crisis. And because like we're aging so quickly emotionally, that's why we're having quarter life crisis. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better to have a quarter life crisis than like a midlife crisis just because like um, there was like a post that I saw on Reddit that was like, oh, I'm 22 years old. Is it too late to go back to school? And everyone's like, no you're so young like you would literally still fit in with everyone like in college or university or wherever you wanted to go like this is like you like you think that you are out of time but you're really not which kind of applies here because it's like a quarter life crisis you're still in your 20s you still have all the time in the world to like figure it out but when you have a midlife crisis you oftentimes have like kids a house like response more responsibilities and it's like for you to figure things out you would have to make drastic changes to your life i think it's just because like 
the normal track for people is like you would have graduated by 22. So people like freak out and compare themselves. And I think comparing is like where you kind of get your crisis. But it's easier said than done to stop comparing yourself. Yeah. Even like without like social media, like it's still very difficult because it's like, like it's comparing to the people like around you as well right like your friends and stuff like even though you're like really happy for people's successes and like you want your friends to move forward you can't help to think a little bit you're like oh like I wish that was me like I wish I got that promotion or I wish I got that new job because it's like you see people progressing with your life with their lives and you're like oh like why am I not progressing with mine in the same way kind of thing yeah and I really feel for those people but like just know your time will come soon. And it's like, yes, it may stop right now, but it's not always going to be like this. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. I'm just going to like, you know, my 30s. My 30s are going to be my 20s. <laughs> That's what I'm really going to live life. Literally what the book was saying, like, please do not treat your 30s like your 20s. <laughs> I mean, like, as long as you don't have kids in your 30s, like, you're you're fine. Like, you don't really, it, it is basically your 20s. I think how the book started off was like, people in their 30s were complaining. They were like, oh my God, why didn't I start dating when I was in my 20s? Or like, why didn't I do this in my 20s? That kind of thing. It's like a lot of like regret in your 30s. They were mm-hmm. like, why did I Why did I think I could treat my 30s like my 20s? Now I'm so much older. I think that's for every year. Like, I feel like it's like you move into your 20s, you're like, oh, why didn't I do this as a teenager? And it's like, yeah. you move into your 30s, it's like, oh, why didn't I do this in <laughs> like my 20s? And I think it's like, you're never too old to really do anything. It's just like, it's a mindset of like, you think you're too old, but you're not yeah exactly never too old to do anything i might might read this book i know you have it on libby but Mm -hmm. oh you did my overdrive thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i might read it yeah it's i'm only like not that actually far in still near the beginning but (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks for giving us the advice from the beginning of the book (laughs) it was like own assumptions about where this book is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay. Uh, who is your beef or crush of the week? So my beef of the week. And sorry to those who have not finished Too Hot to Handle because, well, not really sorry because you should have finished it already. It is a brilliant show. It is one of my hands down favorite reality TV shows. And I will fight anyone who says differently and calls it trash TV at Cody Co. Um, I did not agree with the choices that they made for who won the ultimate prize. One person won it and it was Marvin. If you're not familiar with Marvin, Marvin started the show with, I guess, Melinda. And he was like, oh, Melinda's like pretty attractive. Like, I think I'm going to couple up with her. But then as soon as he does that, he's like, you know what? I don't want to stick to one girl. I want to see what else is out there. I want to go talk to other girls, which at that point, Melinda reacts and goes and kisses Peter. He is so angry. He's like, I can never trust her. This is like, I like, I hate, like, basically I hate her. Like, I don't, I don't care about her anymore. I don't want her. And then this goes like on and off pretty much the entire like season of the show. Um, Until finally, he calculates that there's no more women who are going to be joining the island, or this is my theory, and then he decides to settle down with Melinda. 10% of the show is him actually being a decent human being and uh, coupling with Melinda. But who should have won the show is Dear Sweet Cam, 
who went through a lot of emotional deep-seated like he processed a lot of like deep-seated issues that he had with like commitment like this man like legit had commitment issues like both of his parents got like his parents got divorced and then both of his parents got divorced again um from his like stepmom and stepdad and so he's like from a young age like I never just saw relationships working out like I always wanted the next best thing I always thought I could be this puppeteer or whatever and uh like now I'm learning that like I can't he like was put through like multiple tests like other women flirting with him and then finally he was like you know what no like the one that I want is Emily and like I'm going to try and see where this goes like I'm very scared but um like I think this is the right path forward and he did not win I'm very angry about that Marvin did not deserve it and Maggie said that he's actually been on two other dating shows before two three other dating shows before too hot to handle and I think he broke up with Melinda basically immediately after yeah um so yeah so the one girl he was with it was for like Love Island France he like they were pretty serious like they met the parents and everything and then I heard I don't I don't know if this is true or not but like they broke up when he was on the show and then they got back together after he got off the show and then he and Melinda were supposed to meet up in Mexico and then they got in like a small argument or something and he canceled completely and Melinda was like what the fuck like I planned everything like I booked the Airbnb like I got everything planned I got our itineraries and like this man just canceled and she was like oh but still love him though like I'll always love him and Marvin was like haha same I'll love you too like fuck you Marvin give us back the money you did not deserve that you did not change or at all as a human being. You suck. Yeah, Kim deserved it. Kim and Emily are goals. I don't know about goals, but like they're so cute. They live with his her mom now, right? Yeah. Cute. Which is so weird. But weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like I don't even understand the logic of the show to like give him the money. But you know what? Like maybe this is an American Idol thing where the first place winner it doesn't get famous, but the second place winner, even though they didn't get the money and the contract and everything, like they become the more famous one off of the show. That is something that I can live happily with. I guess. Yeah, I guess they all become like pretty famous after the show, like built their following and everything. I read that they're that they already wrapped up filming season three of Too Hot to Handle. Like, it's probably not going to come out till next year because, like, they're going to do the slow burn, but still. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that the show <laughs> took off that, like, because I watched season one and I absolutely, like, loved it. Like, I love trash TV in, like, this very scenario because everyone's so horrible. Like, they're such horrible human beings, like, mm -hmm. for most of the show. And it's, like, I don't know. Watching it is, like, a catharsis. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's just so good. It's very entertaining mm -hmm. and it's like i know there's a lot of manipulation behind the scenes from the producers and everything to make them look more horrible than they really are but it's like nice they're it's like entertaining to watch yeah. it's not real life as long as it's not impacting me we're great we're fine yeah honestly like kudos to the producers whatever you did like any manipulation behind the scenes amazing <laughs> so great <laughs> I tried watching or tried getting my mom to watch um, Too Hot to Handle, like season one. And she was not into it. Like halfway through episode one, she was like, this is so boring. Why would you watch this? Everyone is so stupid. It's money. Like, why are they? Can they not like keep it in their pants? And I was like, that's what makes it funny. That's what makes it a great show. And she was like, I don't want to watch this. 
And my mom loves trash TV. This show was somehow too trashy for my mom. Yeah, uh, kind of a weird show to get your mom into. Also kind of a weird show to watch with your mom together. We watched Bridgerton together. I think we're fine. I would say Too Hot to Handle is a million times worse than Bridgerton. Bridgerton was worse. There was legit, like, sex scenes. Yeah, but there's a plot. It's like soft porn. But it's a plot. Okay, it's still soft porn. If Too Hot to Handle was directed or like created by like Shonda Rhimes, like I'm sure, I'm sure it would have been like okay. worse. Okay, fair. I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's good. What is your beef or crush of the week? I'm actually going to pile on to that because you were talking about Carly, and Carly was like a huge 180 for me because I went from like sympathizing for her on the show she was I think in one of the workshops she was like I've been cheated on like my boyfriend cheated on me with my best friend they were in the same you were all in the same bed and I'm like what the fuck why does that even happen who was sleeping in the same bed as her boyfriend and best friend weird and the whole show like it made her look like pretty sweet like it made her look like she changed so much um and she was like genuinely looking for a connection because like Chase treated her like horribly she like lashed out at him which is great and yeah, I was like, oh, Carly's my girl, a Toronto girl. And then Wanda sent me this YouTube thing of people, of their of them playing like superlatives or something, or just like pointing out like who they, they liked the least, who they thought was like fun, who they thought was most boring or something like that. And Carly was horrible to Kayla. Kayla was like the boring girl on the show. Boring. She didn't really do anything, but I guess like, I don't know, she didn't want to force a connection. She didn't have to do anything she didn't want to. Like, producers just edited her out. Like, they, they kicked her off. Like, whatever. No big deal. And Carly was like, ugh, Kayla was so boring. Like, everyone had something to offer to the table. Kayla didn't. Like, I told her I was going to push her in the pool twice or something. Like, I feel like I'm a nice person. And if you're, if I don't get along with you, then that's on you. Like, what the fuck, Carly? is wrong with you? Like, what the hell? Like, this girl's just, like, doing her own thing. And there's, and Carly's just like, no, fuck you. And I heard, too, like, Melinda, who we already know is, like, pretty toxic. Melinda and Kayla also had beef. So I don't know if this is just Kayla or if, I don't know, the girls are just, like, kind of weird. Yeah. I Like, even, like, yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know if Kayla is just, like, because there wasn't really a lot of her. And she hasn't really Mm -hmm. done any interviews, like, subsequent to the show. So it's, like, it's hard to know what type of person she actually is. Like, she could be completely trash. And all of, like, what the other, like, girls are saying could be true. But what is kind of, like, the kicker is, like, and we talked about this before, Carly is very much the pick-me girl. So when she was like in the interview with like chase like she would put down like kind of like other girls or like other people to kind of make chase like agree with her or like like her a little bit more even though like chase treated her so badly on the show like it just the like things that she says is just like it, you're not very like it's not very like positive i guess like i don't know why you would go like trashing people on a show that aired like that you spent like i don't know like it just seems like it's not the right way to go yeah yeah that was weird and she i think she was talking about like makeup or something and she was like "Ugh, i only brought like one eyeshadow like i was like not ready at all like you looked hot 
clearly we saw you spending time doing your makeup carly what what is this yeah lies which is kind of also like the pick me girl trope right it's like oh i don't have to spend that long like all my makeup kind of thing or like oh i forgot this and i still look so good oh okay moving on to today's topic workplace drama um what age was your first experience with workplace drama Oh, uh, I think it was like maybe like nineteen, maybe like no, like eighteen. I think eighteen, like nineteen ish. Um, yeah. I was working at a restaurant, and um, the manager slash owner of the time accused me of stealing from the till to one of my coworkers, and. Um, me and like my coworker had been working together at that point, like four or five years, and we were super tight because we both worked cash, so we were like super close. Like we talked all the time and stuff. I went to her wedding actually, like two years ago. Um, but he, so the manager talked to this girl and was like, "Hey, like, do you think Wanda's stealing from the till?" And she like, "No way! Like, there's no way! Like, I've worked for her for so long! Like, there's no way that she'd do that!" And he's like are you sure though and she's like yeah i'm positive like there's no way and then he's like okay just like keep an eye out or something and then, um turns out it was more of like a show to put on to his like mother-in-law who actually owned the place because he was stealing from the place um yeah so that was my i guess like first taste of workplace drama um, how did you approach that? Did you confront the manager? I did not because I was like, you know what? Like this, like I'm still employed. This ain't worth anything. Like I don't care enough to actually confront them about like what happened because well, like I never liked him again. Like I never really liked him in the first place, but I never like I like I hated him from that point on. And like me and my coworker were just shit talking. Nice. Yeah. Non-confrontational way. I like it. Yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, like, it, I was young. Like, I wasn't going to confront him. Yeah. Like, there was no repercussions. Like, I was never accused of it, like, to my face. And, mm -hmm. like, no one ever, like, talked to me being like, oh, like, you need to count all your money after your shifts or before your shift. Like, no, nothing came of it. Like, it was just a facade to, like, show his, like, mother-in-law. Weird. Yeah. I mean, go him, but weird not really go him like he was stealing um from his mother-in-law so fuck the mother-in-law yeah i mean both of them were pretty trash people but anyways what about you what was your youngest experience i mean i've been working for my mom since i was like 10 so i don't know if that really counts like i i always have like some sort of weird drama with my mom or she always brings like drama from our house over to the store where it's like you didn't do this yesterday why didn't you or like you've been going out so much like this is why you're making mistakes today like that kind of thing or i'm like hey mom what happened to separation of church and state <laughs> um i'm trying to think i don't think i've ever really been involved in workplace drama um i've only been a listener because i think i play i think my personality at work and like outside of work is very different. I think I'm a lot more quieter and shy at work than I am IRL. 
Yeah. So I, I don't think I would have a lot of reason to, but I do ask for gossip a lot. Like people do tell me all their gossip. So I'm okay with that. I think my first experience with hearing all this gossip was when I was 18, 19 though. And I was like the youngest one. I was an intern and everyone in the office is like 50 or 60 and they've been working together for the past like 20 years. So it makes sense why they're all like shitting on each other. But I was like, ooh, I don't want to be here for this. This is weird. I love that. I love like I never like outright like asked. It's like, oh, like like what's the goss? Like what's the 411 or whatever, right? Like, um, but like if someone says something and I'm like, oh, like what do you mean? Like tell me more. Like I love it. Like I <laughs> like I hate myself for it, but it's like I love when there's like workplace gossip and I love like listening to it. It's like there are two people inside me. One of them is like, mind your own business, put your head down, don't get involved. Yeah. Another one, I want to hear everything. Tell yeah. me all your and I think it's like part of it is like it's a little bit it's good to like know what's going on in the workplace that's not just like what's what you can see like it's good to know what's behind the scenes because then you can see like like if this person's like getting like laid off or like if this person's like causing a lot of drama it's like oh like I'm gonna stay away from this person yeah kind of thing. so it kind of like protects you in a way as well there is a I don't know if it's a true thing, but it's like those psychology facts pictures that you always see online. And one of them is like stressful situations like tend to bond people. Yeah, so I agree. You, you're going to like shit talk people. And I feel like you bond that way. Like shit talk your other coworkers or your manager or something. I think shit talking does bond coworkers. Yeah, it's like how you say misery loves company. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I like knowing that other people go through the same thing as I do. Yeah um since then have you ever really been involved in workplace drama oh like yes and no there was like one case where it wasn't really like a workplace drama kind of thing it was more of like a um it was my first internship and there was a guy that i was like oh this guy's attractive and he was like another intern so i had like a group of friends and i devised a way to get like them to like invite him for lunch to like come hang out with us because he was very shy very quiet and then like he started hanging out with us because I'm a mastermind genius whatever and um I was like you know what I don't really like him <laughs> like I, I just thought he was attractive and like I don't really like his personality so I'm like whatever kind of like um didn't really say anything I just slowly like was whatever about it but then I found out like later in the summer that one of my friends started dating him and she didn't tell me for like a few weeks until finally we're like all about to end an internship and then she was like oh like I think I like someone leaked it to me or something and she was like oh my god like I f I'm so sorry like I didn't like I wanted to tell you but like I thought you still liked him and everything and then like that would have been bad I'm like okay if I if like I already told you that I didn't like basically as soon as we started talking I told you like I don't like him anymore so you should have been a like you should have trusted me with this information like it sucks that you felt that you had to like sneak around and lie to me about it but um I am 100% like okay with what happened like if it was like oh you thought I still liked him and you still stuck around like there's a little it's a little iffy there it's like oh you thought I still liked him and then you stuck around and started dating him like that part I'm like now that mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it and reflecting on him like ooh, like maybe you shouldn't 
then like i didn't really care because i was like you know like i was so over him that like i didn't there was nothing even there ever so it's like i wish he told me and then i told her i was like oh i don't care like i hope like this works out for you it didn't he was kind of a trash human being um very controlling a little bit like almost borderline abusive um so i'm glad she got out of that but uh so that was like the one time i was kind of like involved but it wasn't really workplace like you know like it was more of like friends in a workplace kind of thing like intern drama also to your first story this and a similar thing happened in high school do you oh. remember no i do not you there was this new guy in grade oh. <laughs> new guy comes in you were like i think he's cute but like i think you were I think because he was really tall, so you mm. like you were kind of like borderline. Like, is he cute or is it just he's just super tall? So, anyways, you were like, "Hey, he's alone right now. Let's try to get him to hang out with us." And I was like, "Uh, okay. I don't know how that's gonna work. He's literally sleeping right now." And you were like, "No, no, Maggie's like, just go over there. Like, you're so outgoing. Like, any no one can say no to you. Like, just go over there and ask him to hang out with us." And I was like, "Okay." So I went up to him. Woke him up from his nap and was like hey uh we're playing cards over here do you want to play with us and he was like what the fuck is going on no i do not he didn't say that but he was like uh no sorry i'm sleeping and i was like yeah yeah no problem um and i went back and one i was like oh so is he cute and i was like mm. <laughs> anyways i don't know what happened but then someone like i think a guy or something had instead invited him over oh yeah our other friend because you kept pressuring people at the table to go over to him and then our our one friend made progress and then the guy came over and then he started dating one of the girls from our group. And then it turns out that that girl was super toxic and they broke up. But yeah. anyways, he was not cute. Remember all, all three of us hung out with him before at a restaurant. That was super weird, by the way, like me, you, Sally, and that guy. I so actually do not remember the, the restaurant part. I, I have like maybe vague memories of him uh like at the restaurant but like i remember the story very clearly because as soon as he started hanging out with us i was like never mind <laughs> i what? wish you had taken a closer look at him before making us all go over to him because he had the personality of a piece of cardboard <laughs> which is funny because the other guy also had the personality of a piece of cardboard that seems to be like your go-to. You like see people from afar. Like you just need glasses. <laughs> it's so funny. I totally forgot. I think at that time I did remember that story, but then now when I reflect back on it, I totally forgot that story. And it's really funny how the pattern continued. <laughs> I stopped doing that, by the way. Nice. Anyways, um, what was the question? Have you been involved in workplace drama? Um, I haven't, but I have a very similar story to yours. Basically, like. I was an intern and like I was friends with all the other interns and two of them had gotten like very close and like the three of us would hang out a lot and like jokes and stuff. And then people would always ask me if those other two were dating. And I'd be like, no, oh, they're just like really good friends. Like, why does everyone always force that? And then the girl would be like, oh, I hate it. Everyone keeps thinking we're dating. And then, um, yeah, they were both in relationships. They both ended things without telling anyone. And then they, had secretly started dating and they didn't tell me until two months after I left my internship and like they were still there because they were on like eight months actually sorry one of them was full-time my bad oh yeah but she was like pretty old for an intern like she was doing her MBA yeah but that's spicy yeah right and she was like oh yeah like I actually didn't want to tell you in case it got out but I'm 
dating like the guy who like we hang out with um and like I'm only telling you now because like I'm actually going to quit soon because I actually got offered a full-time job and I don't mind if anyone knows now but like I'm sorry I couldn't tell you like I really wanted to tell you but I couldn't and I was like what the hell I had asked you like a couple times and I didn't want to push things because I thought it'd be awkward um and like they had like kept secretly dating and stuff and like I guess there were hints there all along and people kept asking me instead but yeah that's that's the only spicy thing I got are they still together they're married now oh that's kind of sweet yeah um I mean I'm not mad that I wasn't invited we fell out of touch but it's really sweet yeah but you were there from the beginning you know I know I would have been I was a catalyst in their relationship, okay? I made them laugh. Oh. Just because all of us hung out together. So I was oh. like, I think I'm the funny one in that group. I mean, like, I don't blame them for not telling you either. Like, even though you asked and stuff, like, if that got out, like, it doesn't look the best on, like, the full-time person. Yeah. It's like, what kind of rep are you starting here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the time she was, like, 32, 33. He oh. was... 24 25 huge gap <laughs> yeah but she was the intern she was the intern yeah oh wow that's that's like a weird in a different way like <laughs> right yeah it's yeah it, it's good though i mean they're they're happy together they're cute yeah but it's still oh my god that's so funny that's like scandalous in another direction right yeah, yeah. so um i think she told like one of the full-time guys and he kept calling her cradle robber the whole time yikes but she's the intern <laughs> yeah um yeah my other workplaces i've only like heard stuff i've never like been directly involved in it or it hasn't happened in real time to me only only heard like affairs and stuff you know yeah but i feel like that's 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 normal in any large corporate organization no no i have this your story that you told me about the uh stairway situation was the first time i've ever actually heard about it in like a non-movie corporate setting yeah my other workplace there were three affairs that i heard about have you seen the one on reddit where it was like um what was it It was like a husband and wife they had sex at the christmas party or something at the company christmas party and then they were fired like a month later because they were collecting gym fees from everyone and then one of the comments was like Hey guys, we saw you having sex at the Christmas party. Turns out you guys haven't been hitting the gym. This is why you're fired. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I did see that one. Uh, like so, kind of like similar, but not really. Was there was one where um this guy was like, ha- like this guy's in marketing and she's in like a like accounts or something, and there's like a rumor going around that like this lady is dating someone in like uh marketing even though she's married but like the guy in marketing is her husband and like they just haven't told like no one's apparently figured it out that like they're married and and it's just like they haven't told anyone either because they think it's hilarious that's pretty funny um what age do you think workplace drama tends to start at i think it's like it could start super early i really like i don't think it's like an age i think it really depends on the place that you work for because like some places are just way more toxic than other places yeah i think it's always i want to say it's always the smaller organizations that tend to be more toxic like the ones who always say like they're like a family mm-hmm. i feel like those are the super toxic ones that i've been at um but yeah i think you're right like workplace drama can start at any age 
I think it just depends on the personality. You could really tell, like, if you're looking for, like, even, like, a retail or a restaurant job, like, from, like, the manager, like, the supervisor, you can tell what kind of environment and what kind of people they hire, so. How do you avoid workplace drama? What's your approach to it? I feel like we're both pretty similar. We, we just like to listen. Yeah, we, like, I don't really insert myself into drama. Like, even if I hear about it, I'm just like, oh, cool, kind of thing. Like, I don't really give advice in any way. I don't try to, like, step into it. I try to be nice to everyone. Um <laughs> And I don't, uh, like, I, I just don't really, like, I don't know, like, I don't meddle in things. Like, I, like, I, you'd be nice, you do your work, you don't be a trash person that starts drama all the time. <laughs> it's pretty easy not to, it's pretty easy to avoid it. Yeah. I think, like, my biggest thing though and I know it's like bad is like again like gossiping or yeah. not gossiping it's just like shit talking like other coworkers who are kind of trash or like managers minimize how much you see like don't go full out don't fully rant and if you do do it in person in a third party place so that yeah. they can get <laughs> your like full quotes don't do it online um no I think like just be, be smart about it I think you're always going to come into a situation where you're going to be ranting about like a manager or something i think yeah. that's gonna happen in every workplace mm -hmm. just be smart about it yeah i think it's like also like try your best to not just talk to your coworkers about it like if you really don't like if you really just need to let it out go talk to a friend about it because it's like your friend's not gonna get you fired but i feel like i like my coworkers way more when they also trash talk the same person i hate 100 percent, yes but it's like it really it really depends because it's like if this coworker is known mm -hmm. for gossiping and known to like uh let like secret slip like don't do it like no matter what even if they're like oh like don't you hate this person I hate this person don't yeah. do it. I was in a meeting so we used to have this like kind of trash coworker and I was like God I hate her so much and like my team like in meetings we like we kind of joke about it, be like oh it's this person's project oh yeah. God we already know that's gonna be a nightmare and then um. Like, we, we only say that, like, just casually among us. Mm -hmm. I think I have a pretty, like, casual team. Like, manager's not there or something. And then I was in, like, a meeting with, like, my director and my manager. And then it was, like, that person's project. And they're like, oh, God, she's the one doing this. Oh, God, we're screwed. And I was like, oh, my God. They, they talk about this, too, at a management level. How is this person still around? Yeah, that's the other thing. It's just like some people are just like, they're just filled with drama. They don't do anything. And it's like, why are they still here? Like, how are they still here? It's weird because I was in a meeting before. So I do this thing where like, I like to shadow people. I, it's not something that I do. I guess it's just everything a new person does where like mm -hmm. you shadow the people you tend to work with for the past, for like your first two weeks of onboarding or something. Like you get to know your stakeholders, like that kind of thing. And I talked to her, like it was supposed to be a 30 minute meeting and it ended up being like almost almost two hours like we were just like talking and I think like we got along so well but like I look back and it's just like oh we were just gossiping about people like she was just ranting to me about like all the workplace drama that seemed to follow her like at her mm -hmm. old previous job and then like her current one now and how much she hates her job and she hates everyone and like her manager came in the room and she gave him the finger after he turned around um and I was like oh this is weird. Like, maybe she's just, like, super cool, super humble. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh, fuck, I hate you. You suck. Yeah, usually if someone complains about workplace drama following them, they're usually the problem. Yeah, I mean, she didn't say following her, but, she like, she talked about her workplace drama at the last place. Like, 
And I was like, oh shit, where does this even happen? Where do you find these kinds of people? She is and that. then, yeah, she's the one who like starts it, I guess. Yeah. Anything that you would have done differently, I guess, to avoid workplace drama or you think you, you got a good approach going? I don't like, I, I think it's like ultimately like it depends on the environment that you're in. And it's like, just don't talk shit about people if you like don't need to. Like there's, yeah. it's always like, don't be the one who starts it. Don't be like, don't just trust your coworkers because like, I always have this thing where I'm very iffy about being friends with coworkers because it's like, you don't like, they have like gain for if they ever throw you under the bus. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very difficult for me to trust them in like a way such that like, oh, like, I know that like they have my back in a way. Like, of course, you're going to definitely have meet people. And I have like had coworkers who have like transcended the like being just a coworker where I would call them like an acquaintance or like a friend. Um, but it's just like, just don't do it. Like, it's just the way that you avoid it is to not start drama. Like, that's the, like the best way. It's like you're you might get pulled into drama and that is like no fault of your own but like don't be the one who starts it and if you get into it still approach it with a level head like don't just get angry like I'm a very hot-headed person and it's like just don't get mad about it like you just have to stay calm you're still in a work environment you still have to be professional yeah retweet anything else to add um I want to say like don't have your coworkers on social media Mm, yeah I would like to add that in I think that's pretty good they might DM you. They might. Might might be bad. Yeah. Um, any funny or other weird workplace drama stories that have happened? I know we've kind of already been sharing them. Um I'm trying to like reflect back to every like workplace experience that I've had, but I think that's about it. Um yeah, like I think that's it. I think that's it for like the like the funny yeah situations i only have niche things yeah i can't even share on this podcast yeah i want to stay employed (laughs) yeah um okay let's play a quick game of what would you do in this situation oh man how did i say that last thing remember we had a fashion show like would you wear this yeah would you do this (laughs) would you not do this (laughs) okay first scenario coworker steals your idea what do you do, Wanda? I remember I put this one specifically because I remember I once asked you and you're like, oh, just let it go. So I kind of wanted to see if you had another answer for this. But like, I guess in this case, it's like it depends on what the idea was. Like if it was just more of like a in a meeting, they just like slipped up and was like, oh, like this, like my idea kind of thing. And they didn't give me credit for it. I'd be like, I talked to him like or her, sorry, about it. And I'd be like, hey, like, what's up? Um, And like in most cases, like that's usually just a slip up. Um, like I just, as long as I get credit where credit is due, um, like I'm okay with that. Like if they apologize, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like it was a slip up. Um, I do not, like, I did not, like, I, like, I didn't want to take credit, but like, it's hard because I've never been in the situation. Like I've been with people who are mostly just like very open to giving other people credit for things. Like mm-hmm. even if they helped along the process, they'd be like, oh, it was all mm-hmm. like, it was all Wanda or whatever. So it's like, it's hard to like, to really know what I do in that situation. Like if it's for something that constantly happens, like I would definitely go talk to them about it. And then I would actually like even talk to my manager about it in like our one-on-ones. Yeah. I think I've always been the more passive 
one in workplace situations where I've always been the one like, oh, actually it was like this person, like I will give the credit where I think it is due, but I feel like that's not always reciprocated for me. Would you do it like a public forum or would you like talk to them like in private, like afterwards if they did that? In private. Yeah. But I think it's like at a certain point, like if something like, especially if it's your manager who does it over and over again, I think it's time to look for a new place to work because they clearly do value your ideas and they think they're good, but they don't value you as like a contributor. Like they rather get the credit and they're not really like in that way supporting you then. So like you're never going to get the support and the growth that you're going to want out of your manager if they do that all the time. Like one of the best managers I've had, like he would always be like, he would get like the praise from senior management, but then at the same time, he'll always be like, well, it was this person, this person who actually like did a lot of the work. So like, you should also go and send a thank you to them kind of thing. Like he'll always like, he'll never really take credit for anything. He'll always credit other people as like a, like he's just like, oh, I'm just the behind the scenes kind of guy. Like I don't want to take credit for anything. Like I want to make sure my people get the praise that they deserve because it's my team that does it. It's not really always me. Yeah. So it's like really different management styles. Yeah. I mean, that's like the best case scenario for a manager. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's like really hard to come by. Like it's, it's always easy to think that you'd be a good manager, but I think in reality, like, I don't know, people like still want to have their own personal agenda. Yeah. But like, if you're in that situation where your manager constantly doesn't give you any credit for anything, you're never, you're never going to be up for a promotion and no one's going to be like, well, you don't do it. Well, everyone's going to be like, you don't do anything because no one knows that you do things. Um, there was a thing on TikTok where it's like, if you don't get promoted because of your work, you get promoted based on who you know. Yeah, or what people perceive of your work. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, a hard lesson I learned, too, in the workplace is, like, you really want to, like, hype yourself up. Yeah. Like, like don't be those people who be like, oh, you know, like, I just didn't really do that much. Like, be honest. Be like, yeah, actually, I did a lot of work. Like, I did this, this. And, like, have the receipts to show it. Yeah. I remember at my last internship, like, my mentor, she was wonderful. And she would be like, if I did something that was really cool or really innovative or new or something, she'd be like, okay, I want you to schedule a meeting with, like, the director who was my manager, um, me and, like, all these other people who this would affect, and I want you to present it to them to just give, like, visibility to what you're doing and how you're making an impact at the organization. And I think that was, like, really good advice because I was like, oh, really? Like, that's so weird. Like, that's so strange. Like, why would I do that? That feels so awkward. And it's like, they're so busy. Like, why would they even care and she's like no 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 don't think about that because it's like when it's time to like want to like hire you back or like give you like uh or like when people think about you like this is what they're gonna remember and you want people to remember all the good things and all the positive things that you've done yeah all right i like that but also like i've at my old place we had an intern who like he was doing presentation and he invited like the vp like two vps of our company to the meeting and they showed up and people like like the other managers were like, this is like kind of weird. Like, why'd you do that? That was like really weird move. Gotta get points for being bold though. Yeah, like I respect it, but I'm also like, oh, calm down. It's like a weird thing. Like, like you know where I'm coming from? Like it's it's like kind of cringy, but then also like you respect it, but it's like, I don't know. A, a couple people commented on it too. They're like, hey, like you better keep an eye on that intern. Like he's he does like a lot of weird things. I mean, like, I guess it's more of like a, cause that's like, I invited my director who was my manager. So it's like, it's one level above. Like I wouldn't go and invite the VP 
because it's yeah. like so far removed from what I'm doing. Like it doesn't like it doesn't really make sense to me. Like showing your immediate manager and like the team, like whatever. Unless your manager invites like their boss. Like don't don't do it. Yeah. Um, number two, a coworker is at fault for making your project late. What do you do? Or should uh, I show? You should start. A coworker is at fault for making your project late. Um, okay, this is where my approach would be like, I would talk to my coworker. This is where I'd be like, hey, like we need this like at this date. Like, can you escalate? Can you like make this priority? Can you do this? If no response, then I would get my manager involved. If no response, then I bring it up at a meeting and we keep escalating it. That's that's kind of my approach. How about you? Um, I think it's like, because like the project manager in me, like I would, if I see like a coworker is like really just not going to make the timeline, I think I would constantly follow up with them even like a week before it's late or two weeks before it's late just to be like, hey, like, are you working on this? Is this your priority? Like, and then if it gets to like a week, like I'd start being like, hey, like, can I help you? Is there anything I can do or take off your plate to or like arrange for like other people to come help you to do this? Can I see your progress so far because I'm like I'm sometimes skeptical that people actually do work so it's like if I can see what they're working on kind of thing that it like gives me I guess peace of mind that they're going to make it on time if it does come down to the fact they don't respond to me they ignore me then it's like yes escalation all the way but it's like I will give you the benefit of the doubt if this is like your first offense or if I know something's going on but then like after that it's just like it's out of my hands yeah Okay, so similar kind of approaches. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. Same thing. You find out that your coworkers are sleeping together, but one of them is married. Okay, you go first. None of my business. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's just like I might like talk about it to my friends or something or like a really, really trusted coworker. But other than that, I no. think, sorry, man. What am I like? What do you want me to do? Go tell the yeah. significant other? <laughs> I think if the significant other was like my friend, that's a different story. Yeah. But if it's like a complete stranger, then like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, like, I, it's really not my business. But like, okay, think about it if it was the other way around. Okay. You and Jordan are married. Jordan starts sleeping with someone else. Do you want someone to tell you? Yes. Like, a like Jordan's coworker to tell you? Yes. But you, you still don't want to change your answer. We're like, nope, none of my business. It depends. It's like, it has to be someone I know. What if it's like a complete stranger at his work? I, I Like, I know. I would not want that. Because it's like, how would I even know that you're not I'm lying to me? Right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to start unnecessary drama. It's going to make things weird for Jordan at his work. It's like. Okay, I so mean, I guess... he shouldn't have cheated on you anyways. Yeah. So. You know what? Like, who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> Caveat. <laughs> so I think that if it was, like, I was friends or I at least I knew of, like, the coworker that, like, and they talked to me before, like, at a Christmas party or whatever. Like, we're, like, close enough to have, like, talked in the past and we've gotten along that I'd be, like, okay, like, I'm going to do, like, I would like to know. But if it was, like, someone that I've never talked to before and there's just a random person messaging me, I'm, like, hmm, sus yeah that's my that's my uh what is it refined answer yeah okay yeah i i like that response i'm stealing that one too okay credit to wanda (laughs) (laughs) oh you make such a good manager okay you find out that your manager is secretly pinning your coworkers against each other wanda what do you do 
talk to my coworkers about this and be like, hey, like, I think this is happening. What are your thoughts? Hey, I think our manager is trying to start rife between us. <laughs> um, and then I guess like go towards United Front kind of thing. I don't I don't think I have like a solution to this other than fuck it up and move on. Yeah, it's hard. Like I like it has to be like it has to be a problem that becomes like so bad that it's just like basically everyone's out to get each other. And then you just yeah. leave because it's like, yeah. there's nothing really you can do because it's like, it's not bad enough to get someone fired. And yeah. it could just be the culture of the company. Yeah. Apparently, there's a company in um, Guelph who is like this, where all of the people are super manipulative and they will literally stab you in the back every chance they get to get ahead. And that's how the company culture is. So they will, like, that's what they want their executives to, like, be. So they'll always reward the person who is, like, conniving, backstabbing, like, and it's, like, never taking any blame for any of the problems. That's who they end up, like, promoting. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I also feel that this also happens at large, larger organizations. Mm -hmm. It's a really big organization, too. Mm. You can name drop them to me after. Okay. <laughs> this could be completely hearsay, but like firsthand, like um, Jordan has seen it like in like the people who have been at this company, like they're even other aspects of their life. It's very like conniving. Yeah. Thanks. Separation of church and state again, not yeah. exist. Um, an email is sent around about an email is sent around the office about unfair practices at the company. This is kind of like very relevant to the whole like, um, there has been a lot of these recently, especially at big tech companies, where there's like a email that would get sent out being like there's unfair like hiring practices or like people there's like unpay gaps and like things like that and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I do in this situation. I've never had this happen to me before. Wait, so like say for an example, like your company sent out an email. It was like, hey, like we we are aware about unhiring. No, it's an individual who would send an email to an executive that will basically like BCC all of the rest of the company. And it will be like, you are practicing like unfair, pra like hiring practices, or you're discriminating against like pregnant women or something like that. Holy shit, that happens? Yeah. Oh my God. I had no idea. Wow. Wait, what? Oh my God. That's like airing your dirty laundry yeah i think like it recently happened to like in cibc or something where this person just like basically sent this message to all of the executives at cibc and was like hey like you are not hiring people based on merit like all of this stuff and just like airing out all this dirty laundry i bet that person is fired right probably <laughs> yeah um but I, what if it was true like what if the things that they said in the email were actually true yeah that's tricky because yeah. that's a pretty good whistleblower situation mm -hmm. but it's like you i feel like you can't go to h like hr says come to us but i feel like you can't go to hr because mm -hmm. hr is only going to defend the company they don't yes. give a fuck about you um and you i guess you could go to the labor union but then you'd be kind of blackballed from the industry yeah there's really no way out of it. You just have to, like, again, suck it up and leave. Yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of situations where, like, you just have to suck it up and leave, and it sucks, but it's just, if you want to continue in this industry, you just have to, like, it's just what you yeah. have to do. Like, there are sometimes just no, which sucks, like, 
the capitalistic structure that we are in just sucks yeah that does and it sucks too because like in my industry in particular like it's big but everyone kind of knows everyone yeah and people talk and like there was an episode of brooklyn 99 that i was watching where um i think she worked in like venture capital or something like that and like this guy like assaulted her so or like hit on her and she didn't like she was like no and then she like hit him with like a golf club and everyone knew that this the guy did this kind of behavior but because she went forward and filed a complaint she had to leave her company because like she was no longer included in any of the like parties and stuff because and then if you're not including the parties you don't get access to like the best like jobs and like best like promotions and everything so it's like it sucks what so we're just like we're part of the system we yeah. gave bad advice we're like leave and it's like you you came forward and you whistle blew about stuff you took action and now we're like ugh sorry you shouldn't have done that i mean i think you should do it but i think it's like you need to be mentally prepared for like the repercussions, repercussions. of doing yeah. the good thing which is why doing the good thing is not always incentivized man that's really tricky you know who would always have a good response for this i feel like kathy would because like mm -hmm. lawyer yeah Kathy, if you're watching this like hit us up tell yeah. us what you would do yeah i don't i don't know that's a that's a real sophie's choice here yeah employed or be blackballed yeah um okay your manager wants you to work but you already had the day booked off a while ago i'll tell like if i'm salaried i'm gonna be like hey sorry i've already made plans or something and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna work but if it's like if i wanted to pick up an extra shift and i get paid hourly for that shift then and i didn't really have that many plans i will do it but it's like if you already had it on the calendar it's up to your manager to to not make work come up last minute for you and make you try to remove your days because your vacation days are your vacation days and you have a right to take them Yes, that is beautiful. I don't always practice that. Because sometimes if it's really busy, then it's like, oh, yeah, I feel bad. I'm not really going to do anything anyways. I'll do it. But then it's kind of like I need that kind of break from work. Like, that's why I had it booked off. And you're right. Yeah, I really should stand my ground. And I really should not have to justify it. Yeah. To be like, hey, I have medical appointments. But really, I just needed a break. Um, I mean... I think, I think it depends on where you are with your work. Like it's, it's your best judgment, but I think you're right. If you're, if you're salaried, I think you have more say that's, which is very fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you work shift work, it might be more tricky, but I think I am doing a better job at saying no to my management. Yeah. Go me. Yeah. I'm very happy for you. Okay. Question of the week. Do you have any suggestions on how you would have approached our little scenario game? I feel like we didn't offer the best advice, but I think because we're still young working professionals, we are we are in progress. What would you guys have done differently? Let us know in the comments. Also, let us know what we should be talking about. Yeah, it's really it really it's really situational. Like one size advice is not going to fit all different workplace dramas tell us about your workplace dramas we would like to know you don't have to yeah. name drop but we would like to know that we're in we're in this together nah sis name drop spill the tea there has been a lot of tea spilling in recent months a lot of big tech companies have come like under scrutiny because people have spilled the tea love it love it 
that's how it should be yeah and it's like it sucks because you're not always guaranteed a job after you do that but you know what i hope you find a new job before you spill the tea i guess <laughs> which sorry okay thanks for listening to another episode of apologetically me go listen and follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube go follow us on social media tiktok twitter and instagram and join us next thursday for another episode bye, bye.